Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode number 42, Cold Migration, Hunting the UP. Dan and Eric and a couple other guys are going to go up to the UP of Michigan and hunt the migration. We talked about that a little bit. We also had a news story about some CWD that was found in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. We chatted about that for quite a while. And also we got into a whole bunch of questions and answers. I think you're really going to like this one. Um, if you like what we're doing, make sure you head over to the YouTube channel before the echo and hit the subscribe button. Leave a review uh, on whatever platform you are listening to this show on at the moment. Uh, that really helps out, guys, and uh, I would really appreciate it. I hope everybody had a great Christmas over the weekend, and I hope you guys are uh, had a how are you, I hope you guys have had a successful deer hunting season and i know a lot of it's coming to the end but if it, if you have not killed one yet i hope you do yet uh yeah so let's uh get right into this episode hey everybody hey everybody welcome to the show how's everybody doing tonight um hope everybody had a good christmas weekend did you have a good christmas dan yeah mm-hmm. get anything cool for christmas uh, yeah, I got uh cats in space shirt. Oh, nice. I <laughs> yeah, I think I, I guess I saw that. Yeah. It was funny because, uh, I got cats in space and I got, uh, her, uh, my, my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, taco cats. Yeah. Was was same, same company. And it was just hilarious that we both found the same thing for each other. <laughs> is that, that's not like something you guys do every year. Is it like buy, buy you a cat shirt or something or just a. No, but the last couple of years, uh, she's always bought me something, some funny shirt for, uh, because she likes to see them in the videos. Um, yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people in my family a lot oh, of yeah. send me shirts. Like they'll try to find something so obnoxious. I won't wear it every now and then they succeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's the so? What's the line for shirts then? Like, can you give us an example of one you don't you don't want to wear? <laughs> uh, sexually explicit. I won't wear. Yeah, something, uh, something that's uh, that's offending people that I like. I yeah, wear. yeah. Well, that's probably a good rule of thumb, I guess. Oh, anyway, what have you been up to? I haven't talked to you today much. Uh, I was hunting pretty hard until uh, Christmas when they uh, when they shut her down. Um, yeah, but uh, work today, and uh, now I'm getting ready to head up north for a hunt. Yeah, that's kind of what we were gonna talk about a little bit on the on the show. We got a quite a few topics really though that before we we get into that. Um, if you guys are new to the channel, make sure you um, subscribe if you like what we're doing, and hit that like button for the video too. That always helps. We do take questions at the end of each show. So if you guys have a question for me or Dan, just leave them in the comment section and I'll go through them. I'll thumb through them, through them at the end and we'll, we'll try to answer as many as we can. Um, also, I'll throw a link up at the end whenever we do the question and answers uh, for anybody that wants to get on and talk to us live and ask questions live. Just make sure that you're in an appropriate spot and uh, um, obviously you're be talking in front of i don't know three to five hundred people so just uh make sure everything you say is appropriate as well and uh yeah thanks everybody for getting on tonight um we do have a a news story that we'll probably chat about for a while i have a feeling there was some uh 
It's from I, the article I read about it. I got it up here on my thing, so I wouldn't forget. It's the out, outdoornews.com. I think it's your guys' Wisconsin. Wisconsin Outdoors, yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds like there's some – they had a doe test positive for CWD in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. Oh, that should on, be interesting. On the 24th. So what I thought was weird was they, the, the guy shot the doe opening day of gun, which was like a over a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. It just seems like that's a long time to just now be figuring out it's positive to me. But yeah, it takes them a while to test them for some reason. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, usually you get your deer about half eaten by the time they tell you it had CWD. <laughs> I wouldn't think it would be that. I don't know. It has to be just some type of a swab. I, I don't know. They I don't do. Know. I think they actually test the brains. Yeah. Because I know huh. they want the head. Yeah, they take the head off of them, don't they? Mm -hmm. Uh, do they still in wisconsin if you give up your buck or not give it up but test it for cwd and it tests positive and they take the um do they give you another buck tag now you You, get to keep the antlers and stuff too but um, right right they uh they give you another tag i believe i know it used to be like that i mean i I i'm not positive they still do it but i know that they were for a while yeah have you ever probably still doing it yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, um, have you ever got one tested or anything? Um, I only the test them when they forced me to, otherwise I refuse. What year do they, what years was that whenever they were forcing people to test them? Do you uh, remember? Geez, it was in the early two thousands when it first yeah. came out, when it, when it first came to Wisconsin, um, they decided they were going to not just manage it. They were going to eradicate deer in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They were going to kill every single deer in southern Wisconsin. Think about how stupid that is and, and the task. They literally, um, at, at, when it first came here, they got helicopters. They're shooting them out of helicopters. They're getting snipers. They were uh, shooting them at night with uh, spotlights. They were shooting them over bait piles. They, were, um, they even had a, a period of time where they gave unlimited tags. You could shoot yeah. all the deer you wanted. Um, and then to try to uh, to entice you for a while, they they did uh, earn a buck where for every doe that you shot, you got a buck tag, and you could use it either or. So you could you could build up your uh, buck tags for gun by shooting does with the bow, and you know vice versa. Um, and I remember um, people shooting thirty or forty bucks in one year neighbors and stuff and we used to have a really really good population of deer here Mm -hmm. and uh to me it seemed more like uh the governor we had in charge at that time frame um was uh really interested in uh knocking the population down and uh that was his main goal and he couldn't do it because in wisconsin um the hunters run the, the um the DNR, they work for mm-hmm. us and we wouldn't allow it. So they were able to use the disease as an excuse to knock the, the population way down. And uh, they came up with some just extreme laws and stuff and uh, really kind of hurt our population, in my opinion. I think we had a really good thing going. And uh, obviously the disease didn't do anything like they said it was going to, like we all knew. I mean, uh, a lot of us, um, that were smart enough to, that have been around the block a few few times, um, 
you know, knew enough to study this outside of uh, what they were telling us <clears throat> and learn what has happened in other places. And it was pretty obvious that what they were telling us wasn't going to happen. They were uh, alluding to it was going to um, cross over and affect people and people were going to get CWD and die. But if you looked into it, you know, um, in uh I think it's Colorado, Wyoming, out, out in West. Colorado. They had it longer than I've been alive. And yeah, it was in. Yeah, I think I think it started in Colorado, like in the in the sixties, maybe or early. Right, I, right. I, I, I was know, born in sixty seven, and I know it started before I was yeah. born. Yeah, and and uh, they have never gone to the point of getting all freaked out about it, and you know, literally. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have eaten CWD positive deer and nobody has ever, ever gotten sick from it. Mm -hmm. They actually took uh, people who got uh, a couple of people who got uh, one of those uh, brain disease that whatever it is, something Jacob's disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though they knew that that has nothing to do with CWD, they tried to tie it together and said, these guys ate venison once. You know, and they put it all over the news, and it's like, geez, oh my gosh, right? I mean, um, it was it was pretty horrific. I mean, um, uh, it was hard to swallow. I mean, uh, you'd see people just killing deer after well, the DNR wants us to, they'd say, you know, and um, it was hard. I mean, uh, hard to hard to watch. I mean, when you respect the animals the way I do, it was yeah. hard to watch them do that, and uh, it was kind of funny to listen to their analogy because they said. In order to save the deer in southern Wisconsin, we have to eradicate the deer in southern Wisconsin. How are you saving them? Mm -hmm. You know, and at the same time, um, they're doing they're doing this research and stuff, and it shows that once CWD is in the soil, it's there forever. So what are you right. saying? You you kill all the deer so that you, you later on can have a deer population, but you can never bring them back because they'll get CWD. And then you bring this up to them. Well, someday maybe we'll figure out how to fix it and we can bring deer back. It's like, geez. You know, when you look into it, it literally is everywhere they check for it. Every every place they do a heavy check for it, they find it. I yeah. mean, there's been there's been deer found like roaming in the deserts of Arizona that have CWD and there, there wasn't any state anywhere near there for any place, you know, hundreds of miles from there to have CWD. Now, where'd right. that deer come from? Because it travels in the blood. It travels in the feces. It travels in the dirt. CWD isn't a living thing. It's a prion. It's not alive. So it's indefinite. It doesn't die. You don't kill it. Yeah. It's just always there. And if a deer consumes that, he gets it, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're saying it leaches into the soil and it's all over the soil, and every place these deer get into numbers with CWD, it gets into the soil. All you have to do is sell a roll of sod to some other state and they got it. All you have to do is drive your truck through a muddy field and then drive it into another state. They got it. Then at mm -hmm. the same time, they didn't want to stop sales of deer urine and the deer farms are what's what has it. So they spread his deer, deer urine, not only across the United States, but they're selling it in Canada they're selling it in Mexico they're selling it every place. They have whitetails from these deer farms. And until that farm test positive for CWD, they don't stop those sales. And then once the test positive, it's already in every country. So they mm -hmm. weren't, they weren't trying to combat it in the way of actually stopping the spread. They were doing it in a way that, uh, um, was just like, we'll kill all the deer and it'll stop. But they weren't doing things that would stop the deer from spread. I mean, just think about 
a dead deer floats into the Mississippi River. Now, you know, happens all the time, by the way. 400 miles down downstream, they got CWD. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no stopping this disease. I mean, you want to try to come up with a cure, try to come up with a cure. You want to, you want to, um, try to stop it from spreading as in making rules from not taking it over state borders or county lines. Hey, that's probably a good idea, yeah. but that disease is spreading everywhere anyways, and you are not stopping it. All you do is slightly slow it down. And they weren't even doing a good job of that. Uh, yeah. and, and at the same time for something that they know they couldn't stop. I mean, they were spending hundreds of millions. I mean, millions of dollars just in my home state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to share this. This is the testing information from the um, from the actual Wisconsin DNR website here. And, you know, these are the sick deer that they tested for CWD. And you can see, I think since 2002, like this is, I don't know if it's around 300. I, I added them up earlier, but I can't remember. 383 deer tested positive that they thought had CWD essentially. Um and then up here's your guys's number. It must have been in like 2002 to 2006, whenever the testing was required. That sound about right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that time frame, because there's a just a drastically uh, more amount of testing done right here than uh, any other years. But I guess to put these numbers in perspective, like <laughs> I think in Wisconsin, I, I read that uh, on average every year, 19,000 deer get hit by a car and die from car accidents. And like when we're talking about, you know, a thousand deer that these aren't, these, these deer didn't even die. They just tested positive, you know, I mean, they probably died from gunshot wounds, you know, <laughs> but mm -hmm. not from, not from CWD. Now these ones, you know, had CWD or had CWD and were sick, but you know, whatever, I don't know. You know, there, this year there's been six of them, you know, and from 2002 to 2011, there was, in single digits all those years. So it's just like, God, well, they're testing a lot less. Yeah. Back then they're they were testing a lot less they're sick. Testing more, more than, than they are now. I mean, yeah. as far as deer being shot. Yeah. Um, there was a time when they mandated everybody got their deer tested. I mean, now, yeah. um, I don't know too many serious deer hunters who would let them test their deer because yeah. when they test their deer, if it comes back positive, they're going to just murder their County. Right. Right. Um, it's still, it's only, it's like 6% of the deer tested, I guess, were positive for CWD and, you know, roughly, I don't, you can't really tell exactly how many were actually tested, but it's around 20,000 and around 1300 were positive in 2019, which that seemed like a, I don't know, this graph seems weird too, because this bar looks smaller than this one. Um, and there's more tested, but. I mean, they, they literally had graphs when they first started this that said that uh, if we didn't eradicate all the deer with, within uh, um, five years, there wouldn't be any deer in Wisconsin. Ten years, there wouldn't be any in the United States. And mm -hmm. graphs and stuff. And like, here we are. We still got deer. And we didn't do what they said that we had to do. Right. You don't care if I put what county you're in here, in here do I? Do you, Dan? Oh, go ahead. Everybody knows. What is interesting is, is what county is I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Jefferson. Jefferson. I was going to go Jackson. That's that's what county I'm in though. Oh yeah, look at that. How many they tested that year in your county? Hmm. 
Yeah, what's interesting is that now they got one they tested in, in Buffalo County. And what's interesting about that is they're going to get some fighting on that if they try to do something there because um, that's all managed land. That's all outfitters. That's big money that's there. So those people are going to fight um, tooth and nail from having their populations decimated, you know? Yeah. That's your livelihood. That so county that's... literally is dirt poor except for hunting. Yeah. Okay, so this is the first positive test in Buffalo County then, right? Yeah. I believe so, based on... It, but it looks like on this graph, they have zero across the board, so... Um, yeah. Uh, I, I've i tried to, like, continually educate myself on, on uh, the issue of CWD, and I just... It's hard for me to understand that drastic... Uh, opinion some people have of it as like the end of deer as we know it i just i'm like i don't see it you know i i um and i'm fairly open-minded well, worst, kind of scenario, worst case scenario if, if it's as bad as they say it is it kills all the deer but there's no way you're going to stop that and and i don't yeah. see that happening because when i'm looking at populations you see it get pretty heavy in certain areas and i have um literally scouted properties for people where you find dead deer all over the place in the core of the CWD area in Wisconsin, like around Mount Horeb and stuff. Um, yeah. So I've, I've seen it is killing some some deer. Sure. So it's factual, but it's not killing all of them. And yeah. uh, I know there's been some studies that uh, some deer have CWD and live a long time and even breed and, and everything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I get it. Like, at the beginning of all this, maybe being a little bit like, maybe we should do something. And then, but it's like, after 20 years, it's like, you know, we got a pretty good amount of information about it now that we've, uh, didn't have back then. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe we did have it back then. And it's, it's it was, a lot of it's politics, you know, yeah. You know, look at the seriousness of, um, CWD. It's so serious that we, when we as hunters shoot a deer, we can't dispose of any bones or anything in the garbage. Mm -hmm. You can't grow them out in the backyard. They have to be disposed of in a, in a certain way legally because mm -hmm. they're considered hazardous material, right? Mm -hmm. However, they, at the same time frame, they stopped picking up roadkill deer because it got too expensive to, to dispose of them the proper way. So you're supposed to just leave them uh, just decompose on your lawn or wherever they die in the same areas. Yeah. It's okay to do that. You just can't do that with one you shot. You know, you can't throw the bones in your yeah. yard or, or you can't, uh, like some people like to uh, cut them up in the field and take them out, take the meat out. Yeah. You can't leave one piece of bone out there or, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's it seems like there's a lot of contradicting rules and stuff that uh, have come about from it. Um, right. In Indiana, we don't have, I mean, knock on wood, we never had too much, too many issues with it. Um where they had a woman who did a study one time. Um, she was she was contracted by the DNR. She was a biologist to do a study to prove that uh, lowering the deer numbers would lower the um, progression of CWD to prove to the hunters that lowering the number would help. Yeah. So she did this study, and it actually found the exact opposite. It found that when she lowered the numbers the the bucks would expand their home ranges to look for does mm. so they would go from a small core area in a in a um large population to a very large area moving around 
and uh, it actually the Bucks were the the main carriers of CWD. Now does get yeah. it, but Bucks get it much more prevalent than does for some reason. And um, they would increase their home range dramatically and spread the disease further faster. And her um, her graphs showed that, and uh, they hid that document and fired her. Really? Mm-hmm. And it, all she did was release what the stu- study showed that they asked her to do. I've heard, I have heard people like whatever CWD experts say that you should on your farms shoot the small bucks because they are the main carriers of the disease because they tend to travel farther and what, whatever, you know, their home range is bigger and specifically the small bucks, you know? So, so when, uh, the draconian, um, liberal, uh, governor we had that, uh, started the kill them all thing. Mm -hmm. He finally got voted out in the middle of it and Scott Mm -hmm. Walker got voted in Scott Walker, um, tried to make him use a little more reason. And, yeah. and start thinking about you know the disease a little better, and he forced them to work with the people, the hunters. Yeah, and uh, he made them make a, a board. He uh, mandated that they had to uh, ha- have this. Uh, I think they call it CDAC board, mm-hmm. and uh, invite um, people from the public in to um, oversee what the DNR was doing, and. Uh, I remember they were they put this thing out. They wanted people that were like uh, leader leaders in their community in the deer world, like a farmer who's a big like runs the farming commission or whatever. They wanted a deer hunter who's like uh, well known in the um, hunting industry. I, I remember it even stating like um, on social media on you know you know and uh, our biologist asked me if I'd be interested in that. We had a meeting. Um, in town here and we we're talking about cwd because i was really a strong opponent of what was going on and the biologist i felt uh that we had at that time agreed with me but his hands were tight and we'd have discussions about it and and he had some pull him and uh the warden at the time both recommended me for that position and it was turned down they took some nobody and it turns out in my opinion, and I really believe this, they were cherry picking who they put on that CDAC board to people that would go along with whatever they told them to do. Like they would tell these guys, because we got some CDAC board members that are on my uh, forum and I'd get in arguments with them. They would tell me that, uh, well, the only thing I can choose is kill more deer this way or kill more deer that way. I'm like, that ain't why Scott put you on that board. He made yeah. that board for you to oversee what they're doing, not to choose kill more deer by having a doe season or kill more deer by, you know, having an extended season, you're supposed to have some decisions in there, you know? Um, but that's what they were doing is they, they would cherry pick the people that oversee them. And, and that's been, you know, we've had some talks about this in the past with other things like them selling off our hunting property. Mm -hmm. They don't got no right to do that. They can sell properties, but they have to have the okay of the people. We're their boss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. 
there's no meetings about it or anything. They do it in the shadow of darkness. And when you question them, they stop answering your questions. You know, it was the same thing with CWD. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Buffalo County. Cause like you said, there's that, that place is just full of outfitters and, uh, uh property managers essentially. And when you got people that are on, on are controlling millions of dollars of property and literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of uh, trophy hunts a year. And they're being told they're going to get their deer demolished, their deer herd demolished, and they're not going to have a choice. They're going to get some kickback. They're going to get lawyers sick down. Them. I mean, you wouldn't get that out of a county like I'm in. It's just a bunch of cornfields, you know, and some swamps. But in Buffalo County, if they start pushing their weight around, they're going to get some kickback for sure, I think. Yeah. Do you feel like it's better now, though? Do you think maybe it won't be as big a deal as what it would have been back then? I do. I, I do think that um, that to some degree, um, the people that were really draconian about it are gone. Yeah. And some of the ones that are still there have have that were kind of in the belief that this is the end all disease. have kind of seen that it's not. I mean, time has, has passed and it's, it hasn't right. killed deer. And they're kind of starting to understand that. Uh, yeah, maybe this was wrong. But I still think that they want to manage it. And I do agree they should manage it. They should right. try to go in there and do some things about it and try to solve some things and try to come up with some solutions. But I think just this all of a sudden kill all the deer things. I don't want to see that ever come back. What do you think about all like the, uh, I was kind of glancing at some of the comments about the bait banning and all that. Do you think that does anything at all? Or is that just like a, another thing to, and, and I don't want, I'm not talking about like, I don't want any opinions about like if it should be legal or not for deer. I mean, um, right. I, I guess just for disease wise. Yeah. And um, I do think there's a little bit to it. And now personally, what you didn't want to hear is is that I think if some old guy wants to bait, he should be able to bait. Yeah. But from the disease standpoint, if a deer eats out of a pile of corn that's in a pile and another deer comes and eats where this thing was drooling and he touches that CWD, he's going to get CWD. Yeah. So um, from that standpoint, I agree. I mean, they could take you, make you spread the bait out so it's not in one spot where a deer's eating out of the same pile or something. They could, they could do some things, but I do believe that if you're putting bait in a pile, that you could be um, spreading the disease. Yeah, yeah. I and but the problem is, it's like they're going to spread it anyway. Like they, they just licked a branch all that every deer in the woods has licked. You know, two minutes mm -hmm. ago before they went over to the. Uh, went over to the corn pile you know it's just like you're not like you probably just said you're not gonna stop yeah. it by that doing that yeah i did uh, i did some pretty heavy studying on it and there's some pretty unique things about cwd one of the things was that uh 24 of the population has a has an immunity to it mm. now it's not 100 percent immunity but they have some sort of genetic immunity to it where it's a lot harder for them to get the disease mm -hmm. and that's where killing all the deer doesn't is not a good thing because that 24% could genetically start taking over and overcome the disease, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so what they learned about that is in uh, um, Penn studies that, that the 24% that had a genetic dis disposure, mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't get the disease unless they're really, it was really exposed to them heavily, which in a natural, like wild, 
arena I don't think happens too often. Yeah. Kind of like somebody, you know, like uh, some people have a, um, they just, you know, somebody sneezes three doors down and they get, they get the flu, right? right. Some people can walk in with somebody with a flu and hang with them, make out with them, you know, eat the same sandwich and they don't get it. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, it just seems like to me it was just a, uh, a, an unknown factor for a while that got way blown out of proportion. And now it's just like, it's a bunch of people that don't want to admit that they were, you know, probably didn't go about it the right way. And now here we are still kind of talking about it every now and again, but yeah, you know, um, I don't want to talk too harsh about them. I mean, I want to see what they do about it before yeah. I get too much, but yeah, it uh, is, it is different people working in there. So, yep. I'm with you though. Like, I think it's something you got everybody like every year when you keep an eye on it and, just make sure it doesn't start to do something yeah. crazy. But so, so what was that number uh, that you you quoted earlier? Uh, I think it was before we were even live. Seventy million dollars Wisconsin spent. Yeah, that was from a, a Ted Nugent clip I watched on YouTube. He said seventy million dollars was spent in Wisconsin, and like every time I've heard anybody talk about CWD, they are always referring to what Wisconsin did. Uh, right, and, and what they don't realize is Wisconsin was uh, at the time that Wisconsin did all those things and spent all that money. Yeah. Our governor had a side job working for the auto insurance company and yeah. he's driven to stop deer accidents, which is huge in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. You know where he works now? He didn't even run again. He's got a cushy mm. job at that auto insurance company. He doesn't yeah. even show up to work. He just gets paid a commission. Mm. So something went on there, but uh, $70 million dollars, and really, absolutely nothing has changed with CWD. Yeah. Hmm. Not one thing. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know, Ted Nugent was on, uh, he, there, he, it was a Michigan uh, Great Outdoors show, and he was on there talking about it. And, um, you know, they were going through the kind of the same thing in Michigan, and he was referring to Wisconsin a whole bunch, using them as kind of a case study of what you all did back then. But um, he's been on Joe Rogan too and talked about it in great links because, you know, um, Joe's had other people that are kind of on the other side of the argument for CW, for um, controlling CWD on his show. And Ted was kind of the opposite view. But it is a very, it's a topic that people are, seem like they're very on one side or the, the other on. Um, but I would, I don't know. I seem like, at least the people I uh, I talk to in the deer hunting world, I have I haven't yet to find too many people that are super worried about it. So, yeah, you know, I, I, you, you know, um, it, you know, they had that fear factor going on um, with the uh, if you eat it, you could die. Yeah, and we have to do something with before it could genetically change and suddenly start killing people. Is what they would say, right? Yeah, and it was funny, and and uh, uh, I made a statement back then, and I said. Uh, uh, one of them DNR guys said to me, uh, so you would eat a deer that's sick? I'm like, I probably wouldn't intentionally eat a deer that's sick. And he's like, aha. And I'm like, well, I'd, I'd eat a sick deer before before I would, uh, uh, you know, like lick a rabid bat and you don't do nothing about rabies. And that's actually killing people. Yeah. <laughs> that's a disease that actually kills people. You're going to kill every raccoon and every skunk and every rabbit and every squirrel and every fox in the state. You know, the, the method of killing everything to save everything was just 
stupid. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know if it's going <laughs> to, if it's going to kill, if it's going to, if it's going to eventually kill every deer in the United States, killing them all right now, I don't know if that's, you know, yeah, that's how, how you, you know, say it's like, <laughs> why don't you just let us prolong it a little bit if it's going to do it anyway, you know? I don't know uh, if that guy was related to Hitler that came up with that or what. <laughs> and I'm, not, I mean, I know like in the, in the, I used to work in the poultry industry and when they would get us like a avian influenza, you would depopulate them, but you could also like kill that in a, in a chicken house. Cause it's a controlled environment. You know, you could go in and sanitize it, heat it up, kill the disease. Um, take out all the manure, clean all, you know, you could get rid of the disease cause it's in a, it's literally in a box, you know? Right. Um, but like to your point, you can't clean the dirt or the cornfield right. out in the, out in the, uh, you know, the farmer's cornfield, but. Right. Literally, anyway. literally if a, you got to remember too, that you can't digest a prion. Yeah. Right. So if a coyote, a wolf, or catch this, a vulture or an eagle that flies hundreds of miles, yeah. eats the stuff, flies over another state and craps, they now got CWD. Right. Because you can't digest it. You can't kill it. You know, they literally, they had a, a, a farm where the deer got CWD. They, they killed all the deer in it. They burnt the ground, brought deer in there. They got CWD. So then they took and they bleached the ground. They, they uh, uh, bleached it. They burned it. They let it sit for like 10 years, brought deer back in. And as soon as they brought the deer in, deer immediately got CWD. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. it is what it is. I mean, I'm yeah. all for coming up with a cure for it or something like that, if it's even possible. Right. But killing all the deer isn't curing it. Right. It's just right, killing right, the right. ones that also got a disposition to survive through it. Right. It'd be like if the if if COVID came in, they killed everybody because they wanted to save us all from COVID, so they just kill everybody. Yeah, people have a little different uh, opinion about it. I think if that if that was the um, solution, right? Right. Um. All right. You want to talk about something different now? We've been blabbing about CWD for thirty minutes. Yeah, you might want to <laughs> shut me up before I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at cutting you off whenever you're too fired up about something. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, you're good. If you ever think Dan's too fired up, go listen to Ted Nugent talk about it. He really gets fired up about it. Um, anyway, all right. So we got did to you, go ahead. Did you uh watch the video I put up? Yep, I did. Watched it this morning. Mm, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. What do you want to talk about? about uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, kind of interesting like... video. Um, but I think uh, that's kind of what everybody has to deal with. I don't know if everybody saw that, but um, I went through a couple of hunts where it looked like a, almost a sure thing, where I was going to get on action for sure. Yep. I went and I hunted by Dave's place, and I went in the back, and I saw a deer go through. So I get down, and I leave, and I sneak out, and where that deer went through in the fresh snow, there's like 10 sets of tracks and a couple big buck tracks. So I know during daylight, when I saw the one deer, all these deer came through cause they weren't, they weren't there when I came in. So I sneak out thinking, well, I can come in tomorrow and kill them where I saw that deer. And then I get back in further on the farm and another bedding area had a whole bunch of deer come out and I look, I can still see them feeding out in the cut cornfield and I just sneak out of there. And when I come back the next day to hunt, here 
my little trespasser buddy's back and yeah. he had driven all over the farm on an ATV. Luckily he got stuck in the mud, so he didn't get all the way to the back. So I thought, well, maybe I got a chance. So I went back there and hunting while I'm hunting, I can hear him doing donuts out there and he's doing donuts around my truck and stuff on an ATV and stuff. And not one deer moved on the farm. So he kicked all the deer out of there. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, it's, um, we took care of him. Um, the landowner had him, uh, served with a trespass warrant, but, uh, then the next day I go and I find where deer were coming out of the, uh, cattail marsh going into a, a cornfield. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just a little bit backtrack them, see where they're going in, back out, go back and get my stuff. And I come back and there's some pheasant hunters in the parking lot, just leaving their truck. So I drive by, let them get out and come back. And there's like a grassy area on one side. And then the other side's got just cattails. And then there's a little island of like dogwood and stuff out there where the deer are coming from, where it's not pheasant territory at all. But I just didn't want those guys to see where I went. So I go over and I slip over the hill and I get to where those deer, all the tracks are coming out of that, that bedding area. And I hear something, look up, I can see orange in the bedding area and here the guys are out there and I can hear them talking about deer tracks mm -hmm. while they're pheasant hunting and scouting for deer for the doe season. So that ruined that spot. So then I go scouting some more and I find a spot where there's just so many deer tracks. It's unbelievable. And it just looks like it's really going to be something you can see some good looking bedding areas, but it's an area that gets pheasant hunted, just like crazy. It's all grass and nobody really deer hunts right. there, much, you know? So I get in there and, uh, uh, I went back home, got some stuff, come back and now there's tracks going in there and out, but they just go into the grass where the, you know, kind of not where I want them to go, but like, ah, probably won't hurt me too much. I get in a tree and a little while later I hear ding, 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 ding. And here comes a dog with a bell on and a guy. And literally for the pheasant hunters to get to me, they got to either go through this deep dike or cross this little tiny land bridge. But all the deer were crossing that land bridge too. So this guy stops, starts looking at the deer tracks, comes in, I whistled at him. I get no response. His dog comes running right over to me when I whistled and it's standing underneath me, wiggling its tail, looking at me. And he looks over and yells, Jake, and the dog runs over by him. And I'm wearing an orange hat just so that people will be able to see me if somebody does come back here. So you can't miss me. And my platform was only, my stand platform was only four feet off the ground. It got me just yeah. up out of the, into the brush. So you can't miss me, you know, but he goes straight out into the brush and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, he's going to probably go and pound the grass over there. And I'd heard a pheasant in a roost, um, cackling. So I figure he heard it too, probably, but he's in there. I never hear a shot or anything. He's in there for quite a while and it's getting close to closing time. It was like 15 minutes left. And then I hear something to my uh, left and I look over and right out of the buck bed in there, comes his dog and then comes him. And he walks straight to, to my tree right underneath me. And at six feet, he's standing six feet from me. I go, howdy. Yeah, and he just ignores me, walks past, walks in a circle around me. I just film him the whole time, and he walks out. And uh, then I just got down to leave, and then he's at the truck. So, uh, I, I had the camera running when he was uh telling me, Oh, were you out there hunting? I didn't see you, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, pretty sure he knew I was there. Yeah, but, that's funny. 
I don't well, know. He he just well, yeah, kind of weird. It, it it was odd that he he never looked up at you or anything, did he? No, he didn't make eye contact or anything. I mean, there's a possibility maybe he didn't know. I mean, yeah, was he an older guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He could sure hear me talking at the truck, though. I mean, how could he not hear Howdy? That, that's yeah. Sound. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. preoccupied or whatever. But you know, you know, my point is, is that that's what everybody deals with. Yeah. But when you turn on YouTube or you turn on the show, any any of these channels anybody has out there, all they show you is the positives, and it makes people feel like they're inadequate, like they're doing yep. something wrong when this stuff's happening. And that's why people struggle so much. They, they they're like, why is this happening to me? It's not happening to anybody else. And it's happening to everybody. That's right. You go through a lot of those hunts before you get a normal, decent hunt that where you actually, everything goes right, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, that's true. I think that's what's the draw to like stuff like we, what we do is that real life scenario. Um, not so uh, scripted feeling, you know? Um, yeah, that's what... That's how I would describe your your kind of your entire season, though. It's just like, just kind of some bad luck, you know. Hey, you know, you know where I'm at. Um, people probably don't realize this because they see the success end of things. Yeah, but you've seen it. I mean, you've been over here where I'm at. There's a huge population of people, and there is a lot of pressure here. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing I got going is the genetics are really good, and I have a high deer population, so they can't kill everything. And I have dense swamps that keep them alive. But uh, right. pressure-wise, there is just a ton of hunters of all sorts, hikers of all sorts, all kinds of pressure here. Yep. Um, is there a lot of bird hunters or just, I mean, is it just that particular area? There's uh, a lot that, of bird hunters. Is there? As far as pheasant hunters and duck hunters, there's a ton. Um, now, ducks, you, only if you got, water, you know, water. Right. But... Uh, Pheasant hunters, they release pheasants here. Um, they actually, uh, they're tame birds. They uh, buy them from pheasant har- farms and release them. It's kind of actually, I don't want to knock on pheasant hunters, but uh, it's kind of weird that uh, people would even want to do that because they're literally like tame birds. I get them in my yard. When yeah. I go feed the raccoons and stuff, they hear the the the, the dog food in the bag yeah. rattle, and they think it's corn, and they come running. Yeah. I mean, they're... I, uh... Yeah, and I, I don't have anything against people wanting to do it or anything, but I, I'm with you. I'm kind of like it's kind of weird. It's kind of yeah, could you imagine? Could, yeah, could you? It'd be just like like going out to a deer hunting property and like we're gonna let 16, 40, 150 inch deer loose here for you guys to right. shoot. You know, it's just kind of I don't know. It's probably yeah, not it, quite like that, but and um like like ninety seven or ninety eight percent of them get shot. Yeah, I mean it's not like there's a breeding population. Some mm-hmm. do make it through and some will breed, but they won't last for generations. You can't get a population or they don't belong here. They're actually uh, the definition of what the DNR would call a um, invasive species. They're oh, from really? China. Yeah, they're from China. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They don't even belong here. Yeah, yeah, I thought you just meant that your habitat wasn't good for them or something. No, but... no it's perfect because they take the deer habitat, they mow it down and make it into pheasant habitat. Yeah. Money <laughs> off the pheasants. So, I mean, I'll have some really good dogwood patch. You know how I like those patches that are right next to the road? Yeah. Well, they love those for pheasants because if they can put grass in there, you know, then a pheasant hunter can park right there and hunt. And so they they literally make a lot of pheasant habitat out of the uh, stuff mm-hmm. that was deer hunting habitat. Yeah. 
I, uh, I don't know. I always try to take the attitude of, uh, you know, those guys probably like pheasant hunting as much as we do deer. And yeah, they don't, probably, they don't probably, anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock pheasant hunters no, yeah. or anything. I'm, I'm fine. With, I just don't understand it personally from a personal yeah. aspect. Yeah. I mean, I've even gone out and shot one or two myself. Um, yeah. Not in a few years, but there's, pro- there's probably uh, two guys on a, on a show right now complaining about deer hunters that are some pheasant hunting show. So yeah. <laughs> we don't have that down here. We don't have, we don't have pheasants in Southern Indiana. I mean, not, not enough to uh, speak of. And I don't think they do any put, put and take or whatever they call that put and take hunts mm-hmm. um, around here. I've never at least heard of them, but we also, I'm not, not a deer hunter or not a pheasant hunter. So you ever go to a, 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 one of them pheasant clubs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they got down there, but in Wisconsin, they got these like um, hunting clubs. I don't, I don't know if it's a club or what it's called, yeah. but they got one on the street for me. I'm not going to name it because I don't want them to get mad at me. They're friends of mine, but they have uh, they have a, what they call a tower. And they literally surround it with like a hundred different hunters who sit around drinking beer, watching the tower. And they got a guy that goes up the tower and just throws pheasants out and they all shoot at it. When Literally. Hmm. And they call it a tower shoot. They'll throw out like a hundred pheasants or whatever. And it's like crazy. I'm like, that's fun. That's like animal cruelty to me. You know, kind and then of, they, yeah. they don't even eat the pheasant that they shoot because 10 guys shoot it. So then they just go out and they give the guy a pheasant that they have clean from the inside. And they have a guy that, you know, it's just, <laughs> just yeah. not knocking it. Just uh, not for me. Yeah. Well, uh, it does seem like, like the bird hunting community gets away with a lot more like birds don't have souls or something, you know, like people yeah. that shoot, there's like a level, like, you know, you got your, your birds are down here and then you got like rabbits and squirrels and then you got your deer and then like a bear bear, they get, people get pretty upset about people shooting bears. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, when I was, when I was 18 or, or 20 or something, I'd have probably went and pawned those and laughed and had beers with the guys and did the same thing. Yeah, but uh, there's something about time as you get older, you start to get a little bit of passion for those animals. Not everybody does, but for me, I mean, I start putting myself in that position, and you, you're like, oh man, that's kind of not right. Yeah, I, you know, um, I don't want to sound like some sort of animal rights activist or something. It's just um, that I got a lot of uh, respect for those animals. Yeah, that's it's yeah. just hard to watch. I, I don't mind them. I, I would much rather they do the put and take thing, but than that than the tower mm-hmm. thing i think that's how my uh uh my dad and my uncles because they they run uh coyote dogs and mm-hmm. it's just those three and maybe another guy or two that goes sometimes and uh i think they're to the point now that they just rather just not shoot anything and just let the dogs you know <laughs> run the coyotes because they only got they only got a few handful of properties they can hunt anymore so they you know if they if they shoot all the coyotes then they don't have any more to take the mm. dogs out and all that and but it's the same kind of plenty up here they can shoot these ones yeah oh they'll, they'll still shoot them but uh i think every time they do they're like ah may not be another one in there now <laughs> no there's plenty of coyotes around here especially in the hills um anyway what about michigan so michigan so yep. um me and eric are going up to the up and we're going to do a little challenge up there. We and uh, we invited the Barber Boys, so that should be fun. 
Uh, people watching this probably don't know who the Barber Boys are, but they've got a, uh, a small YouTube page. Or some local people, that's how I know of them. They live yeah. around here. Um, there most are, people know the name Macy Barber. Yeah. Um, the boy's sister is Macy. And uh, Macy is, uh, she was one of the top 10 UFC fighters for her weight, for yeah. featherweight. Um, mm -hmm. She's an incredible fighter. Um, but, uh, the whole family's fighters, um, but they also hunt and those boys have been catching my eyes and they are just killing some slob bucks and they are just great hunters. And, uh, um, I'd like to expose them a little bit and have them get some, uh, publicity because, uh, their page ain't doing nothing, in, but they are incredible people and incredible hunters and got really high morals and ethics. And I just like those guys. So. We invited them. Um, they're coming up to hunt with us, and we're kind of hoping we hit the um, the whitetail migration up there. Um, I don't know if we will or not. The timing is kind of there um, with when the snow hits. The snow gets a certain depth, and the deer go from high ground to low ground, and they go to the yards. And if you hit it right, you can sit on one of them trails and really see a lot of deer. From mm -hmm. my from what I've heard, I've never hunted it. But I'd like to. And if we did miss it, we'll get them in the yards. So we'll go to where the deer yards are and, and hunt there. Um, me and Eric both got uh, two buck tags, and we each right. got a doe tag. And uh, I don't know what the uh, barber boys are, are buying, but uh, they're meeting me up there tomorrow night. I'm, I'm leaving early in the morning, and uh, I'll be hunting tomorrow. And it's a good time for him because I'm not going to hunt here because of the stupid doe hunt so yeah you got that in this show <laughs> you know i'd get that in there yeah that'll be fun though i'm 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 excited to see the video so everybody can look forward to that that video here in a couple yeah, of weeks, I, I've next told, week. no i don't know if this is fact but somebody told me they got three feet of snow up there if there is that should be interesting yeah someone Good uh, part is we're gonna get some uh the, it's gonna warm up a little someone asked a question that's related to what we're talking about right now. What they asked what a deer yard is. And I honestly don't know either. So that's a good question. Mm -hmm. That's probably a Northern term. Yeah. A deer yard is a place where all the deer go to, um, winter where they live in the winter to feed. Usually, um, it's usually like conifer swamps, like uh, cedar and stuff. Yeah. Um, they'll actually eat the green leaves. Um, they'll also get near, uh, clear cuts that got, if if they're young enough and have uh like good aspen yeah. growth and stuff they'll eat in there those too but i think the cedar um swamps are are the big attraction yeah hmm. i guess i'll find up a little more when i get up there right right because this you never hunted up there have you up in the up um no mm -mm. oh Eric, yeah I have, I have but it was years ago and i i only hunted for a weekend Eric's been up there a lot, hadn't he? He goes up there yeah. every year. He's got a buddy who, uh, one of the guys that comes with us on the uh, hunts, guys have seen him in, uh, in the gun videos, Cliff. Mm -hmm. uh, Cliff has a place up there, and uh, we'll actually eat at his restaurant. And He's got a restaurant bar up there, and uh, um, so we'll stay yeah. at his place and uh, hunt too. And Someone, uh, Dave... David Fish has in Marquette. There's 42 inches on the ground, so 
I don't know if you're near Marquette, but that's a lot. That's a lot of snow. So what do they do? I guess I guess I can imagine they just they eventually beat a path down. They all stay on that path because it's the only way to easiest. Correct. And then if they get in the deer yard, then they'll knock all the snow down underneath the, the conifers and stuff, and they'll have a small area they're living in. Yeah. And uh, that can be pretty good. But uh, yeah, like I, when, they're, when they're on them travel routes, you, you you know, when that snow is deep like that, if they're traveling from the high ground to the low ground, yeah, you can sit on one of those trails, and they're all going to go right down that exact trail. Mm-hmm. Because it, they can't really wander off of it if it's three feet of snow, you know? Yep. It seems like it'd be pretty difficult, though, that time of year. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but, man, I would think it'd be hard to hide from that many deer, you know, going through something. That like is that, the though. biggest problem because I've been in, I've been in situations like that in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You're hunting late season and those deer are all yarded up and they're going to one food source and they're coming from a bedding area and you can get like a hundred deer that are coming by you and one of them is going to pick you off. Oh yeah, I think so. It's hard. So you got to hope one of the, your shooter bucks first one in, or you got a really good setup and that's hard to do at this time of the year because there's no leaves or anything. Yeah, but if you get the right tangle, you can hide in. Uh, sometimes you can, you can do okay. How are you going to get around in that? I mean, that's freaking four feet of snow. Well, uh, we're not real sure about it. We're we're talking about it. Um, he's going to bring a snowmobile. See if we can do that. We um, we bought a big deep sled to haul our stuff in on the back of the snowmobile. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what the barber boys are planning on doing. I didn't I didn't talk to him about that. But uh, some of it, maybe we could just trudge in from the road. But, I mean, even so, I mean, you fill your boots up with snow and stuff, it's nasty. You know, even if it's warmer, it's nasty. Um, but uh, one way or another, I'll get to them and on them. Yep. I mean, you can only yep. drive the snowmobile so close, too, because of the right. noise, right? Right. So. Hmm. Be interesting. <laughs> it sounds like it could be kind of a... Uh, a physical hunt. I mean, with that much snow, it'd be hard to get around, but yeah, I wish you could go. Yeah. I'm going to go to Illinois. <laughs> I talked to, I'll give you guys a funny story. I don't think he'll care. I, I told you this. I was talking to uh, Andy May because I was thinking about going up to like Southern Michigan, you know, that's not mm-hmm. very far from my house. Like UP is like a 14 hour drive for me. And that, that's kind of why I didn't end up mm-hmm. coming along for this trip. But, um, I got to talk to him and, and I was like, you got any advice? And, uh, he was kind of him hauling and, and this and that. He goes, and I said, so, uh, he, he's like, well, so, uh, probably go to Illinois would be my advice. <laughs> Cause I guess they got a bunch of uh, gun season still going on in the Southern part of Michigan and oh, you know, whatever. And oh, they yeah, go out early. That, yeah. yeah. There's actually going to be guns going off while I'm up there too. Yeah. So uh, it, but you, it's the, a dope season. Right. For, for guns. But yeah. uh, um, apparently, I can go up there and bow hunt, and I don't have to wear orange or any of that crap. I'm yeah. probably an orange cap anyway. But the uh, the UP doesn't have the pressure. Uh, I don't think there's gonna be much of anybody up there right now hunting. Yeah, that's Pretty. what I I thought. Yeah, yeah. Some people are saying it's a uh, private land doe season. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I know. Michigan just has they have they have almost two separate rule books for the UP and the southern part. A lot of people are also saying there's a lot of wolves up there, Dan. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. someone they don't says it's the deer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming can't... spotted eagle. 
do they have tag? Do they have uh, wolf uh, tags? Spotted owl. Yeah. Do they have wolf tags up there? Can you get? Um, you know? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that opens and closes depending on who's in, in yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the board. I'd say you're probably right. I'm looking forward to this. I, I love these little like weird hunts that that yeah. uh, go on that is just different. Well, like, you know, for me, I always pick the like impossible ones, but I, I like yeah. uh, for for me. I mean, for people that don't realize this, is I kind of like um, the challenge of going to places where everybody else goes or is stuck and uh, mm-hmm. going in there and proving it can be done kind of thing. But when you when you take on challenges like that, uh, you better expect some failure. You know, it's, right. it's, it's hard. To, I mean, it'd be real easy for me to go down to, um, say, someplace cushy like Illinois. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I'm shoot. not, I don't, yeah. I'm true with you because I was really thinking about doing Illinois like um, next year. I probably won't because I'm probably going to be in Iowa and Kansas or Kansas, whatever. Yeah. But I, am, I do got to pick more uh, big buck states if I want to. Yeah. Well, some big my, bucks. But I just I love the Pennsylvania, the Michigans, the yeah, Minnesotas where yeah. a lot of our viewers are and uh they're struggling. And I want to go to those places where they're struggling and succeed. It's yeah. just there's something in me that wants to do that. Yeah. My uh I'll be honest with you, the reason I wanted to go to Illinois, I've never been there. I like to go to, you know, I'd, I'd like to get around to every state that has whitetail one you know, before I'm gone or not able to, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've never been to Illinois being, I mean, I got public land within three hours of my house over there. I've never hunted it. You know, I've never been over there. Tag's a little more expensive, but it's not, it's not like outrageously more than any place else. You know, I thought about going down to Kentucky, but I go to Kentucky. I've been to Kentucky a whole bunch, you know, and I was like, I'll just spend a little bit more money and go somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had but, some pretty, pretty good hunts in Illinois. Illinois is a pretty good area. Yeah, I'm excited. Used to be. I haven't hunted down there in years, but um, my only had some really good hunts down there. I'm trying to time some like weather patterns and stuff for this time of year. My only because I only got till January 15th to go over there, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't that that's two weeks, you know, uh, from now, uh, pretty much. Um, and the yeah, the weather just looks like it's going to be warm. It's my only like worry. Yeah, weather patterns, weather matter. Go ahead and kill one. Yeah. Well, there are still things you could still kill them. You just have to, um, yeah, for what they're doing. I mean, yeah, cold, cold weather might kick them into a little more gear, but literally at this time of the year, they're out, they're going from bed to food and they're moving. Yeah. Like like today was a lot warmer than we've had in the last two weeks. And man, you're everywhere. All the deer out. I seen a really nice 10 pointer at three in the afternoon today. Where, Mm. where you can hunt. I was just we're, yeah. I was driving Carol to do some stuff because I'm leaving. Yeah, and we're driving around. She was look at the doe. I'm like, look at the buck. And yeah, big pointer stands up. I'm like, holy crap. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, so I mean, um, really, the best time to be there is when you get there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go out there and be hunting again. I haven't really hunted much this. I mean, I I've been doe hunting a couple times, but not with a buck tag, you know. Um, yeah. it'll be good. What else? Is there anything else about Michigan? That kind of covers it. Gives everybody something to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, uh, I hope we capture, you know, 
the spirit of it and um, yeah i hope it comes across good so i'll start putting those videos up as soon as i get back i mean it should it should be it should be good yep uh yeah we'll have we'll have quite a bit of content coming up here yeah i'm gonna be i mean don't give up on the channels either because uh i'm hunting all through january in wisconsin yep that's right where i'm at is open through january so yep as Lots of time left for Dan. I'm, I'm going to be out there pounding. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm starting to see a lot of people post on Facebook about finding sheds and stuff. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm like, come on. That's what annoys me about that doe season. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, uh, I don't, we, we coincidentally talked about these, this couple twice in a row on these last uh, two podcasts or last two shows, but uh, I saw Tiffany Lukowski shot a big one yesterday or two days ago, whenever whenever it was mm-hmm. and uh the the rack fell off when she shot it big obviously it was a big one every every single one they shoot was a big one but i mean it's been several um, times we found shed antlers during gun deer season which is thanksgiving week yeah speaking of that uh holy cow i i put that clip up about uh who that question we had got asked last week about who we think the best hunter is the best deer hunter is boy mm-hmm. people people sure get offended by that question oh yeah I didn't realize how like touchy that is. No, I just thought it was like a, yeah. I thought it was just a fun, like it's just a fun thing to think about. You know, it's not, you know, I mean, people were talking about. If they're offended, they got some problem in their head. Yeah. I'm just Who like, cares? yeah. And I don't, there's nothing wrong with like patting guys like Andy May and Mark jury on the back and being like, like those guys are good. Like it's all right to acknowledge it. Like you don't have to be, have such an ego that you can't even like, be like that guy's a good hunter you know it's like geez um i was i was pretty i was pretty taken back by the amount of negativity that was in that that uh that post like god yeah well people just get so uh the longer you're in this industry the more you're gonna see that people are just yeah people i mean there's i know the, the the fact is the majority of people that are watching us listening and stuff are great people that think just like us. There right. are a few people that are just off their rocker. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, obviously like, you got some issue with maybe they think they're the greatest hunter in the world, so they they're offended when you say it's yeah. you know, that and Mark's the, a good hunter or somebody yeah. else is a good hunter. Or... Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think if if anybody's honest with us, like I don't, I don't know if there is the greatest hunter in the world. You know, it's like it. You know. Who knows? You know, it's but it's fun to think about it and or talk about He's it. Some guy that lives in a shack in Alabama. Yeah, and why? I mean, I know that. I mean, I know that. They don't earn. Yeah, and they don't have huge bucks on her, and you'll never know who he is. Yeah, Uh, I have a friend that's a really good hunter. Leroy. Leroy, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Only one name too, no last name. Um, I have a friend that uh, he's a really good hunter. He uses a longbow, but anyways, he was blacktail hunting, and blacktails are hard to kill. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in, I think, maybe maybe California. I don't know. He's out West somewhere hunting these blacktails. And, um, he uh, came across a, a guy, you know, that, uh, in, in the woods, the public land, he was hunting. He was a local and the guy invited him over for dinner that night. They got to talking and he's like, you ought to come over. He was by himself out there in California. He's like, you ought to come over and eat dinner with us tonight. And maybe you know, we'll talk about hunting. So he did. And, uh, I guess he went into his house and like, he had like 40 Pope and young blacktails on the wall. Mm-hmm. and he was just like you know nobody shoots a pope and young blacktail like it's like it's just like it's a hard thing to do you know 
uh, I shouldn't say nobody, but you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a task to shoot one. And yeah. um, the guy just had, you know, 40 of them. And he was like, just nobody knew who he was sat there and had gotten figured out blacktails, you know, but you wouldn't know who he is. Um, I'm sure there's a whitetail guy like that too, you know? Um, anyway, I just thought that was weird. Yeah. We've gone into that in detail in the, in the past about, uh, there is no greatest hunter because mm -hmm. you know what it takes to get the, the most and the best is usually, you know, um, being a, um, a butt of a person to your wife and your kids and everything else. So yeah. Who, who's the greater hunter, the guy who, uh, you know, treats his family like crap or the guy who, uh, right. Who, uh, um, like yourself who, uh, make sure he spends time with your family and, and balances it. Yeah. You know, so really it's not apples and apples for anybody. Mm -hmm. One guy can be born on a ranch, you know, that's 10,000 acres and have exclusive rights. Yeah. And one guy can be born in the inner city and he's got, he doesn't even have a ride to get to the woods, but he's a good hunter, you know? Right. So it's not apples to apples. Yeah. I just got, I got irritated, I guess, because like people were saying like, if you're essentially, if like, if you're one of the best hunters in the world, you got your priorities wrong or something. I'm just like, not necessarily. Maybe you're just freaking good at it. You know, like. Right. And, and you know, uh, who said like, that the guy who's the greatest hunter has the most bucks in the wall? Right. No, not for sure. I never said that. Did you? <laughs> no. Well, you I think. Know. Generally, most people just read the headline and didn't actually watch the video. Because <laughs> we, yeah, because they're like, I don't know how you can compare Andy and Mark Drury. And I'm like, we did, we weren't. We I were, saw one guy in, uh, in the Beast Forum, and I won't name names, yeah. but uh, he put down a guy who uh, all of his deer have been taken out of the record books for poaching. Puts yeah. that guy's name down as that's the greatest hunter there is. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think the guy was serious. <laughs> Oh man. You ready to take some questions? Sure. We've been on here, we've been on here for we've been we on here for well over an hour now. Really? Let me yeah, an hour and five minutes. Let's uh all right everybody. I'm caught I'm gonna put the link to get on the show tonight in the comments. It's at the bottom of the comments right now. Um just hop on there and uh follow the directions. This the this streaming services called StreamYard. it'll it'll show you how to get in um to the to the live stream and just be patient with us if we're talking or something you have to wait your turn to get on um but we'll get you on here if you call in all right i'm gonna let's just start with one down here at the bottom because i um we've gotten this question quite a few times but it's always something that pops up here people are just i've seen it twice and just in these comments is um, how do you dress for very cold weather, Dan? Um, you know, that, that used to always be a struggle for me because, um, I would just put on more layers and I'd always be cold, but, um, Mitch, um, from Venato, um, mm -hmm. as a gift bought me, um, gave me a suit that's well insulated and man, I think it's been just a lifesaver. It is so warm. It's a coat and it's a uh, uh, coveralls. So with the right stuff, I mean, I don't even know if they make that stuff anymore. That was a uh, legendary stuff. Yeah. He used to work with legendary. Um, matter of fact, his grandfather uh, um, started that business. Mm -hmm. but, uh, he gave me a, um, a really warm 
suit that had has layers of insulation in it and uh it's thin so i could shoot a bowl with it and man that is night and day from anything i've ever used before so it's probably similar to like the heater body suit only it's not as fat yeah but, uh, that's what i use i don't even know where you get something like that so i'm probably not the right person to ask for for clothes you know i don't wear gloves i wear a, a fingerless glove on my uh my left hand and i wear no glove on my right so my hands are always cold and i don't like anything on my face because uh it uh, throws my uh my shooting off my hands right. and my face too so yep um another i think the the story of staying warm is like you gotta you gotta have to spend a little bit of money on some good clothes usually um that just seems like the yeah, the I correlation of of money you spend on clothing for one for extreme weather you know that's um uh, there's a reason it's expensive because it is better i i got an eye warm which is a form of a heater bodysuit i really like but the difference is that that heater bodysuit like you're actually enclosed like a um um like a sleeping bag or something so then with the heater bodysuit you actually have to physically like come out to shoot and stuff where, whereas the eye warm has um it's like a big pair of coveralls essentially your arms are actually yeah. uh, you use your arms outside of it which is why i liked it better but yeah, I have to be able to just stand perfectly still and draw when I need to draw. I can't be coming yeah. in or out of something. <clears throat> but uh, I've also some people swear by um, the heater body suit too. But I've just never. I know that's the reason I got the Iowa. But I have never used either one of them. Um, uh, but a good set of coveralls is nice too. They they work good too. The problem I have with uh, coveralls is uh, just I don't like walking around in them. Um, what do you think of acclimation? I don't know. I've never tried it, so I like to be. So I, I think that, well, I think that the reason that uh, I I do well in cold is because I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm all. Oh, all I, time. And, and I mean, it's it's no secret that that's. I mean, that's a thing. It has to be because like you've got to take a guy down south, come up into Wisconsin, like they freeze in like right. not cold weather. You know. Well, we're just um, me and Carol were talking about that today. Um, that um, I was out doing all kinds of stuff in a t-shirt. I thought it was like 35 degrees out. I was out in the yard doing all kinds of just enjoying this nice weather that we had today. And then she pointed out that it was 10 degrees out. Yeah. And I just didn't know it because it was so cold last week that I'd gotten used to that weather and just felt so much warmer without a wind chill right. today with the sun, sun shining. But it was li literally like 10 degrees and I was out right. there in the t-shirt and right. just doing yard chores and enjoying it. But if you took that same 10 degrees and you put that two weeks ago, I'd have been freezing my butt off. Right. You're used to it. You literally get used to the cold. So, I mean, if you're a weekend warrior and you go out every two weeks and you ain't been out in the cold in, in a month and you go out there and you hit when it's negative seven, you're probably not going to be doing too well. Right. Right. All right. We got a call in here, Dan. Hey, guys. How, How are you doing? doing? Hey, Dan, Josh. Hey. I, I have to ask you, how, how do you pronounce your name? Oleg, like old Oleg. Leg. Oleg, oh, okay. Jello backwards. Got it, yeah, got it. Yeah, you hear it all in the I, army. Hey, I didn't want I to have butcher a question. it. Nah, you good, man. Uh, trust me, I heard it all. In six uh, years in 82nd, I heard it all. Hey, um, on the subject of uh, people doing their own thing, I know Dan have been... Uh, really fed up with stuff throughout the year. I mean, I watched a lot of videos on the subject. So 
I felt like a million bucks today when I was driving for this hunt because I thought I found this overlook spot with uh, access probably two miles from the parking lot where you must park. Got my electric bike, was going to roll out there. And luckily, I decided to stop by and check out, uh, you know, kind of do preliminary scouting before I go park the car and uh, ride my bike. And when I pulled up there, I uh, learned that uh, the access to public is fenced off uh, as part of the private land around there. Um, which was not showing up on uh, hunt stand or on uh, uh, any of the maps that I've looked at over past whatever while uh, map scouting. Uh, came back home, checked uh, GIS maps for the county, and same thing. So the question is, have you guys run into such uh, situations before where you, based on uh, GIS maps, you should be able to get to the public from the road, but unfortunately due to the what you see, you can't. And also if I was to do something about it, like uh, beach gripe uh, complaint, uh, have you dealt with it? Have you heard like uh, what's the proper way of addressing such thing? So so for me, um, when I have any questions about land borders or anything, I just call the um, local, local warden usually. Um, but I've never found anything that's different on like um, Hunt Stand or Onyx than uh, was really there. But if I had any question about it, if I saw something posted and it showed me on uh, those features that it wasn't, I would certainly question it. I would uh, call up your local warden and, and uh, talk to him about it and find out. Um, if he can't help you, maybe I'd try the biologist because the biologist has to be able to access all the public lands. So the biologist should know too. Um, sometimes you, I have ran into um, landowners who post public land as private land and they do it to deter people from going on it and they get away with it for a while. And they actually have to be caught putting the signs up to get busted, but uh, they will do that. And um, mm -hmm. so it is possible that, uh, matter of fact, if, if, if Hunt Stan and Onyx showed it as public land, I would have a hard time believing it's not. Oh, I even checked, like right before calling, actually, I even checked the uh, uh, county map and it uh, matched the uh, Onyx and Constant, what have you. So, I would say, yeah. Uh, call the warden and, and, and the biologist. Um, I don't know how it is in your state, but um, where I'm at, um, I can search that online and find their email addresses and their phone numbers. And, um, uh, I just I'm right south of you. Uh, yeah, I'm in Illinois, right south of you. I'm, I'm, I'm betting you can do that because uh, I just did it for Michigan. I've done it for these states that I travel to on my workshops and stuff. I'll call the biologist up and ask some questions about deer density and stuff. So I'm mm -hmm. sure you can get a hold of those guys, and they should be able to answer those questions for you. I, I would imagine mm -hmm. that uh, from the sounds of it, I would say there's a good chance that that guy's posting that land and it, and it is actually public. Oh, it's not even posted. I mean, uh, fence, door, barbed wire, uh, gate, all nine yards. Uh, you probably know where the place is. It's right at the south of the border. Um, Chino Lakes. Okay. It's on the backside of Chino Lakes State Park. Yes, Josh, you're not the only one with children. This <laughs> yeah. year, I was able to... Uh, prior nine years, I was... Uh, by middle of October, I would be in seven hunts already. 
This year she's out of uh, daycare, and uh, literally today was my seventh hunt. Yeah. I mean, uh, weekend warriors make me look bad this year. I don't know. She looks kind of like a killer. Maybe you got to get her out. <laughs> oh, she, she is. She is. I don't have Hi, guys. Hey, thanks I for the time. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Oh. Uh. That is something that uh, can be frustrating when as a public landowner. We got a we got a place here that's I think landlocked. I can't figure out how to get into it. I'd love to get into it, but mm-hmm. um, there's a Onyx shows a like a a road that's supposed to go into it, but there's no road there or anything. So I don't know. I need to talk I've to had, the game. I've more. had a couple of different times when I've come up to a public land that I've hunted before, and now all of a sudden there's a private property sign on it. Yeah. And it's like, this is right where I access. Come on. I know this is right. public. Right. And I called the warden and said, hey, man, somebody posted this land as, as public. And he's told me, well, that land's been sold. I'm like, oh. And where right. I almost just took it for granted that somebody posted it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you do have mm-hmm. to kind of check that stuff out because you could be wrong. Right. Someone asked, in your opinion, is camo pattern orange a better choice than plain orange? I would think so. Yeah. I would think it's uh, better to break up your outline for sure. Yep. It's not legal everywhere, though. Not every state will allow you to to use break up uh, orange. And some states have a, a limit on how much you can do it. Right. Some places will say you can't do it on your hat. So you do have to look at the laws um, because different companies will sell stuff that doesn't mean it's legal. Right. Um. New Hampshire outdoors asked us if we ever want to go to New Hampshire deer hunting. I do. I'd like to, I'd love to go out oh, east. Yeah, I'd and, love to. Yeah. Um, some of those states are actually pretty good too. I mean, I think there's some decent sized deer out there. Ain't that where they got uh, those, uh, like, uh, those little tiny, uh, marsh deer? Sika or whatever they're called deer. Yeah. I'd love to go hunt those. I'm going to go do that sometime. That's a fact. I will go do that. Well, um, get that guy on here. Let's, uh, let's arrange a hunt. <laughs> figure out how to get there. Um, I got a question that it's not in the comments. Someone asked me on Facebook, uh, messenger, um, they have a scenario and I didn't really, didn't have a good answer for him, but he has a scenario on a piece of public I've never heard of where the DNR has trees that you're allowed to hunt. Like, like you have marked places where you can sit at. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. They got one right down the street from me. I won't hunt it. Really? They got a, he was asking like, about it. It's like a, a in town hunt over by me. And uh, they've got some guy who thinks he's a hunter who uh, manages it, and he sets up tree stands, and uh, the tree stands are numbered like uh, one through twelve. And uh, when you get picked to hunt, um, you get told what stand to go to, or and you have to hunt out of that tree. And that, that's how they keep people from getting too close to land borders or places they don't want them to hunt or whatever. But literally, every day a new hunter goes to that tree. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be interested. You, you know, look at how I go through. I don't want to hunt a spot for a year. I'll right. go in there once. And then maybe I even skip a year before I hunt it again. Then to go to right. a tree that everybody hunts out of, that's just ridiculous to me. I don't yeah. have any interest in that. There you go. I mean, they take it like hunters are so dangerous. Or, you know, a bow hunter is going to go kill somebody or something. And literally, that's just ridiculous. They they, yeah. they should just say, this is the section you have to stay within. But there are places like that, yes. That's a trend with uh, townships and stuff now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you gotta, these guys kind of take it for granted that everybody hunts the same. Like you rotate through stands kind of thing. and Yeah, right. Everybody hunts like that. 
who you think I am asks, Dan, what are your cabin days after season chores? I don't know exactly what a cabin day is, but you have I don't any know what cabin day is either. <laughs> How about this? What are some chores you have to get done uh, outside of deer season? Yeah. Uh, prepare for deer season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm always thinking deer. I, I mean, um, you do a like, lot with Carol, Carol though, with her, with the, the, um, rescue business though. I just do that all the time. Yeah. It's going when you're not, when you're not hunting, that's, that's something you spend a lot of time think, doing. Right. I think I'm always thinking about deer when, when deer season ends, I'm scouting, I'm planning, I'm plotting. Um, I'm doing seminars. Um, I'm, I'm writing, uh, everything in my life revolves around deer. Right. As sad as that sounds, that's who I am. It's what I, it's what I am. It's probably the reason I have the success I have is because that's all I think about. Yeah, it is always in the back of my mind too. I mean, no matter what I'm doing, um, if I am doing chores, it's just like, it's almost just a, you know, I got to get this done so I can go out deer hunting, you know, or get, so, so I can you focus talk on to great hunters. I mean, you, you ask them, do you fish? Well, I used to. You know, I like fishing, yeah. but yeah, I just don't do it anymore because all you think about is hunting. Even when it's fishing season, it's some sort of, some sort of backdoor hunting season too. You're doing something, you know, it's why I don't, uh, hunt anything else. No, I, you know, I'd still mingle with bears and the occasional, you know, exotic, like I'd like to do a moose one time or something, but it always revolves, revolves back to deer because that's what I do. It's who I am. And right. it's even, even in the off season. It's just, uh, it's just what it, what it is, is what it is. I'm the same way. I mean, I used to have all kinds of hobbies that I used to do when I was younger and had, you know, a little more free time and less responsibility. And those things just kind of fade away after a while. And, um, you know, deer hunt never, never, ever does. Um, someone asked, Kylie Pegg asked, do the older mature bucks bed around with the does this time of year? What are your thoughts? I don't think so. Not the old mature ones. I think they, I don't know. I saw last night I was uh, glassing across the road because there's a bunch of deer out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just like they always do, there was a bunch of does and a couple small bucks out in the field, and a buck, a nicer buck, came out in a completely different area. Came out in the field late, all that kind of stuff. Just didn't seem like he was even in the same, you know. Uh, I think often they're bedded really close, but I don't think they're like uh, they're not part of the family group. Yeah, let's put it like that. The only time I really see uh, bunched up bedding with bucks or mature bucks is when they're bachelor groups, and then, then it's all male. Um, but that's not to say they don't come out with those at this time of the year. And at this time of the year, you will see large groups of deer come out of the same bedding and some of them will be mature bucks, especially like in, in the colder weather and the further North you go. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're bedding together. They're just picking the same type of terrain to bed in, you know, and you're bedding near each other, which you could look at as bedding together, but, uh, not even during early season, you see that you'll see how, a a classic bedding point will have does bedding on the higher ground just before you get down to the lower area where the bucks are. You know, mm -hmm. the old school thing, like my dad used to say, well, the bucks used the does for protection. They bed behind them. You know, 
that's both true and false. They're doing it, but they're not doing it on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, I do see that when they're bedded close to each other, I really do believe that the bucks will move earlier if they're bedded near does. When them does get up and move earlier, like the young ones, they seem to not wait as long to get up and move too. Right. Um, but uh, that's my take on it. Okay. Stephanie B asked, if you shoot a deer you suspect of having CWD, would you get it tested? I would not. I wouldn't either. I don't know why I wouldn't. I just wouldn't fool with it. Um, I don't know. If but I... on the other hand, um, which will be the next question that comes, I'll just answer it now. If I knew it had CWD, I wouldn't eat it. I wouldn't eat a sick deer. I wouldn't eat it if it had like this a flu. But um, if I knew a deer was sick, I wouldn't eat it. But if I don't know, I don't care. Yeah. That makes sense. I wouldn't I get it. it. Yeah. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We, I mean, we don't have options really around in Indiana. I mean, I guess you probably could send it off, but um, they don't really promote it or anything around here. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I uh, killed a woodchuck that was rabid one time. Somebody told me that you have to eat everything you kill. And yeah. I'm sure I wouldn't get rabies from eating the meat cooked, but I ain't eating that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay matthew he asks, how does a cold front kick off rut or does it well my answer might differ from yours i don't okay. think it does i think rut is at the exact same time every year um my opinion is and i would say this is not just my opinion it's it's fact that rut it kicks off at an exact timing every year and that might vary region to region and the reason it varies region to region is genetics or whatever the date varies for different deer but the you know how they make uh deer scents deer urine yeah. when it's real urine they turn the lights on and off at a, uh inside of a uh, a dark facility because the, the amount of daylight in a day is what triggers the rut and they've already proven that biologists have proven that it's an exact timing based on the light the, the amount of light in the day that causes it now you might see different variances of rut based on whether the deer are moving at day or at night but it, um and if you look at when the fawns are born the fawns are born at the exact same times every year so they're breeding at the exact same times every year so the rut goes on when the rut goes on you know the intensity and in what you see might vary but in my opinion, the rut isn't kicked off by a cold front. You might see more activity during a cold front. Yeah. You know, but I don't think you're, it has anything to do with kicking the rut off. That's what I was going to say. I would, I was going to say, I don't think it really kicks it off per se. It may make movement better for you during daylight hours. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's like a, uh, a sure thing that because of this cold front's coming through, the rut's going to start for some particular reason. Yeah, I mean, if it's hot, I mean that. Will, a couple of years ago in Indiana, it was freaking hot. All no, like all from end of October till the middle of November is hot, like eighty degrees. And I mean, the rut still happens. You know, they don't not breed that year because it was a little bit warm. Um, anyway, uh, Elizabeth gave us a gigantic donation. We appreciate that, oh, uh, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Mer Merry Merry Christmas. Um, she didn't have a question or anything. If you have a question, Elizabeth, feel free to ask away. Um, but Merry Christmas and 
Thanks for the support. Uh, let's see here. Someone's asking about the Mario's hunt, if that's going to be on the channel, Dan. Um, he told me he was editing and it's going to be on the channel. He wanted to do it himself. So yep. we'll wait and wait and wait and see. I would really rather he got it up quickly. I like the stuff to come out in a timely manner, but uh, he has a lot of problems in his family life right now. Some things going on. So yep. uh, I'm not going to push him. Um, we'll just be yep. happy when it comes out. But it's it's something it'll, it'll probably something you can look forward to here coming up to to watch. It was a nice deer Mario killed too. Yeah. Um, the New Hampshire outdoor guy says it's New Jersey that has the Sika deer, not not the New Hampshire. So we knew we knew it was one of them new ones. I was close. I was close. Yeah. Um, someone asked about Zeke Outdoor says I would love to see some mule deer hunts. Any chance of that? You ever uh, build deer hunt, Dan? Uh, I wouldn't say I actually hunted them, but I shot at one once. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I had a tag for either or, and uh, jumped yeah. out and shot at one. I will. I will eventually go on one uh, Zeke Outdoors. I mean, I've been on a couple. Uh, I'll go again. So yeah, it'll be on the Hunting Beast whenever I I do go again. Um, I don't have any plans on it, but you never know what happens. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy the Western feel of things. I'm just saving up some points at the moment to go somewhere real good. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I won't go, I don't, I won't go every year, but obviously I didn't go this year, but I'll probably go exotics. What would you want to go after? I'd go to, oh, exotics. I'd well, go to well, Africa. Not necessarily exotics, exotics, but I mean, if you're going to pick some animal other than whitetails, hmm. what are you, what are your choices? What's your bucket list? Probably a mountain goat for me. I, I like the, I like the idea of going up to you know, 13,000 feet. And, uh, I think they're really cool animals. I don't think it's an overly, if you could draw the tag, I don't think it's an overly hard hunt, but, um, I don't know, but then a moose too. I'd like to go shoot a moose sometime, but I think a moose is a little more, um, doable than a mountain goat for tag draws and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you can, you can pay to go shoot a mountain goat in Canada, but it's a lot of money. I just don't think I'll ever, um, be able to fork over that kind of cash to go shoot one but uh i don't know that's probably what i would pick if i had to pick one for me it would be um a moose or um a kodiak grizzly or, yeah or an inland brown bear um mm -hmm. or a mountain lion um yep african Some lion cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about getting hate. Um, something else that I, I'm going to do sometime is I want to go to Alaska and hunt blacktails or uh, sick of deer in, uh, in Alaska. Um, sick of blacktails, I guess is what they're co technically called or something like that. I could be completely wrong too, but um, that's a pretty adventurous hunt that I think would be kind of like, um, kind of like whitetail hunting, but just go, mm -hmm. to go to Alaska to do something like that would be really cool. Uh, a friend of mine has went a handful of times and uh, it's, a, it seems like a blast and he always gets a couple nice ones. You can get two. So do you remember uh, Kurt from my uh, workshops? I think yeah, so. Yeah. 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 He uh, bought a place in Alaska. He keeps inviting me out there to hunt. He says, uh, you should he says, go bring Josh. Well, I told him, I said, Josh does not want to go. 
you know, I don't think that Alaska is uh, expensive to hunt. I think it's the to get over there is what costs you the money. He's, he's talking about um, um, he's kind of freed himself up. He sold his company and stuff, and he wants to get a guide's license and uh, and just uh, go out and go after some of this game and stuff and get a pilot's mm-hmm. license. And he's got a little bit of money, so and he's like, uh, "You want to come on? We'll, we'll go chase all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'd like to, but." I don't know how much he knows about it, but it sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, a couple of buddies went on a hunt in Alaska on a charter boat where you would like, you, you slept on the boat and whatnot. And then they drop you off on the bank and you go black bear hunting. And yeah. then during like, during, of course it's light a lot uh, of hours in Alaska, you know, um, it's in, and then you could fish too, if you wanted to, or whatever you wanted to do after you tagged out. Um, all right, let's, answer a couple more here it's getting to be we've been on here over an hour and a half but um daniel asked uh, do you hunt any differently with the wolves being so prevalent up there in michigan um no it doesn't really uh, affect me much um you just know they're there i mean um i don't think they're coming after people or anything um i don't think it really affects me i think it affects deer numbers maybe but uh me personally, I don't think it affects me. Yeah. Oh, I'm scrolling through see if we got any more questions. I'm sure we do, but uh better ask today because I don't know if I'll be here uh next Thursday. I might be uh on the road. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a weird probably schedule in the next week or so. Um Elizabeth's on, she uh give you fifty bucks. You should Yeah, one. right. <laughs> Right. Uh, let's see here. I don't see any other ones that we haven't really answered in the past or things that aren't too specific. Um, anyway, well, Dan, good luck uh, hunting. We won't see you until after, but we'll probably, that'll probably be the show afterwards. After the, the show on YouTube goes up, we'll probably talk about the hunt then get Eric on and maybe the barber boys and see how it went. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. Uh, anyway, all right, everybody. Uh, late, have a merry late Christmas, I guess is what you would say. And we'll see oh, everybody. Ho, oh, oh, yeah. We'll see everybody uh, on the next one. And good luck if you're going to go hunting between now and then. See ya. Good night, everybody.